Good morning. Welcome to the Getting Ready for Wine, Women, and Writing. I'm Pamela Fagan Hutchins, and I'll repeat all this at um, 10 o'clock Central when we have Denise Grover Swank on, and we'll be asking her what's in her coffee cup. I'm coming to you from the face of the Bighorn Mountains in our beautiful Snowersville, Wyoming cabin, where we will, my husband and I, be through the middle of October and then back in Texas and Nowheresville. So you may hear the FedEx guy coming up the drive. Bless his heart. It's single lane, narrow, winding, steep, and drops off to, I think, hell on one side. It's really (laughs) steep. Um, You may hear the dogs barking. You may hear horses neighing. It's fly season. I may get buzzed by a fly. There you are. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I wanted to get on early because I'm like, I always, I always have some kind of blip, like trying to hiccup. <laughs> uh, every single time. Well, and this is your first Google Hangout, right? Um, it's it, been a while. Like I've done them before, but it's been a couple of years. So yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. And things seem to have changed a little bit too since then. So. Yeah, it's wacky. And it does this, whoever makes a noise is on screen thing. <laughs> like pops up, so, yeah. If we both start talking, it's like, boop, 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 back and forth. <laughs> so I'll try to be more quiet and, um, and let you shine. So okay, well, we gonna, are actually, I'm gonna we're actually, online. okay. <laughs> there we go. I have dogs and I like tried to chase them all away. So <laughs> my husband's locked ours upstairs because the FedEx man is driving up the drive and they, they, he was like, oh, they're about to go nuts. Stop. <laughs> Well, the one thing about um, Google Hangs, Hangouts is as soon as you're on, you're you're on. And so people see our little pre-chat here, which is, I think, part of the charm and then part of the terror. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> why I always tell people, come on early and you'll see us do something really stupid. Yeah, it's kind of like behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, we'll go about um, uh, 25 to 30 minutes so that... With people aren't bored, you know, and, and they'll stay for the whole thing. They tend to drop off. Damn them. Um, and, um, you know, <laughs> any trouble you have, let me know. Everybody will be watching us have trouble together. We actually have someone that's been watching ever since I, I logged on. I've been talking to them. Like, who are you? What are you doing? <laughs> you want a tour of my bedroom? <laughs> so, And we are actually in my bedroom instead of my office because my parents are here and uh, every time every, every time I tell them we need to be really quiet it's like yeah 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 and then they'll say Pamela <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm on with Denise Grover Swank can you shut up <laughs> like come on guest starring <laughs> yeah, guest starring my mother and my Boston Terrier <laughs> are all your kids back at school Yes, thank goodness. Except they're in a harder school right now. I moved schools, and so they have a lot more homework that they need help with. So now my nights are filled with homework help. So, oh, <laughs> and I it's have like, my daughter, I'm homeschooling. So, and I've changed her curriculum. So that's taking a more of my time. But she's she's doing it. But yeah, it's like wait, y'all. I have to work. Like I actually like have a real job. Like I'm supposed to do, and it's not. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's not your education. <laughs> <laughs> so is are most of the classes online with um, 
Yeah, my homeschool daughter, like we had done like some curriculum workbooks, um, but I found this online site called Time for Learning and the lessons have little videos and they're, um, so she like takes, she's, she's supposed to be in fifth grade, but she was two grades behind, which is why I pulled her out of school. And she'd been like that since second grade and she was getting no help. So I pulled her out and took her back to second grade. So we're in third grade math and fourth grade English. And that's since Christmas. So we're like gone from second grade up to that. So yeah, my goal is to have her ready for sixth grade, but we'll see. Well, you know, to get that individual attention and work at her own pace is just, you know, go mom. You're pretty awesome. I want to pull my hair out. I'm like, why did I do this? I have a son that, um, uh, he's 20. How old are my kids? Uh, let's see. He's 22 now and he, or 23, excuse me. I knew I was going to get it wrong. And, um, he has ADHD and Asperger's and there was so many times I thought, should I be homeschooling? And then I'd think I'm not a good enough person. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I need my time back. <laughs> it's and hard. And then when this, my other kids were starting school again, I was like, Back in my brain, I was like, is there any way I could put her back in a school somewhere? Like, is there any school I could put her in? <laughs> or, or could I hire another me? I could homeschool her, and I could also be me, but yeah. there'd be two me. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's I'm, – I'm happy for you that, that you're doing something you'll never regret, and I, I feel for you, too. That's hard stuff. I know. I can go here, and then I'm back. Oh yeah, we can do this. We can do anything for a year, right? <laughs> you have six kids. Yes, yes. The older three are are gone, like raised, and um, I have two older boys, and then I have a daughter in college. So yeah. awesome. <laughs> We've got five, and uh, so you know, again, you you you've nosed ahead of me here, Denise. Um, <laughs> but I'm all of ours are are out. Um, yeah, yeah. Drive finish line in a little further. <laughs> Everybody said you're going to be so sad when your nest is empty. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I really miss them. Yeah, they're awesome. They're all at school and get married and things like that. Yeah. Well, and you know, my kids all live around, and I, my older son, that's like we've done, he lives in his own house. Like I see him like twice a week, and so it's not like he's gone. gone. Wow. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. They're so close. We've got them spread everywhere from Florida to Missouri oh, wow. to, you know, you name it. And it's Missouri. crazy. We're at Missouri. Yeah. But um, St. Louis. Okay. Because I'm in the Kansas City area. So, yeah. Yeah. I saw that. And she enjoys St. Louis a lot. She and her, um, her new husband. So we've oh, been to visit well, a couple of times. It's lovely. Oh, that's great. I've only been to Kansas City once for a book event, just one time. Um, Overland Park, maybe? Yes. Is that yeah, really on the Kansas side. Yeah. Everybody associates Kansas yeah. City with Kansas, but it's really mostly Missouri. And then there's some. The Kansas is growing. Kansas is the affluent side now. People, people in they like the people on Missouri side talk about the people in Johnson County that's in Kansas, and they think they're all that. <laughs> <laughs> 
enough, we don't have enough income, like a median income to have like a pottery barn or, you know, even like a Trader Joe's. They're all over in the Kansas side. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, I'm going to go ahead and introduce this show. Um, you know, I'll probably include all of this and people even get to see me saying, I'll probably include all this and they'll be like, yeah, lady, you're talking and I know you are. But um, the, the official welcome in case people are like, these are two, you know, nice looking mom types are talking about their kids. Yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Wine, Women and Writing. I'm Pamela Fagan Hutchins. And this is a, an author to author show where we talk about primarily female characterization and the authentic complex females that make kick-ass fiction and the real life experiences that they're based on. And we do it all with um, no FCC rules. So a little profanity, a little <laughs> oversharing, a reverence, um, whatever we want in our coffee cups or gets us through the day. I didn't get my Baileys or whatever. <laughs> I need well, caffeine. If I had anything alcoholic, I'd be like nodding off in this. So. <laughs> it takes me half a drink before I get really silly. So um <laughs> Just coffee today. Well, today um, we have a, a really special treat. One of my favorite authors, Denise Grover Swang. She's like, you know, queen of every genre. Um, but I know you best, Denise, for the mysteries that you write. So welcome to the show. We're going to talk about your blazing summers today. Uh, yeah, Summer Butler. She's a, she's a fun character. <laughs> So with all of the great series that you've written, and we'll talk about all the genres in a minute, but uh, in this particular genre of mystery, all the great series, what, what the, what's the inception of Darling Investigations? What led you to this character in these, um, these stories? Well, I knew I needed, um, I always try to have multiple series going at the same time. And so I had wrapped up my Magnolia Steel series. So I was looking at writing, well, I was in the process of that. So I was looking at writing another series and approached Montlake and asked them if they were interested in books from me. So they were like, yes. And so um, my, yeah, my own indie developmental editor and I, came up with a concept for Darling Investigations together. Well, actually she, we had agreed to have a phone call. So she was gonna help me brainstorm and we were both supposed to come to the phone call with ideas. So I'm like, Angela, I'm like, what do you, what ideas? I said, I have no ideas right now. <laughs> I did a BEA and uh, I'd been at um, ALA in Orlando cause I had a, a YA romance come out. So Blink had sent me there and I was like, totally like, I had my kids with me and I'm talking to people all day. So I hadn't like creativity was done. So I'm like, I have no ideas. What do you have? She goes, how about um, a reality TV show about a PI as um, you know, a reality TV show about um, private invest investigator. So I'm like, Oh, okay. And she goes, I like, I kind of like that. And she goes, and I said, what's your second idea? She goes, the same concept, but the private investigator is like an old teen has been um, star who can't get a break and this is her last shot at, at Hollywood. So I'm like, oh my God, I like it. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so that's where well, that came from. <laughs> well, it's a super, well, I'm so glad that she came with ideas. Yeah, I can send her a book that I know is in trouble and even like halfway done. I'm like, help. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody needs that person. Every writer needs that person. So 
you ended up with the very delightful um, Summer Butler. And I really, I got quite a kick out of her as, as a character. You know, the, the wash up has been the reality TV thing. She's ca much more capable than anyone gives her credit for, but still manages to get in mess after mess. Is she based on anyone in particular um, or is she the, the true imagination? I try not to base my characters on real people, especially people I know. It's <laughs> in trouble. <laughs> right? The only character I've ever based on a real person is Miss Mildred in the Rose Gardner series. Um, she's like the mean neighbor lady across the street. And she is based on an old neighbor I had in the last house I lived on. Only Miss Mildred's nicer than that woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um Miss Mildred doesn't. Uh, let's see that the the, the uh, uh, genesis of Miss Mildred, the neighbor. I bet she doesn't read your books. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! For some reason, she thought I was white trash. I don't know why. <laughs> Tell her I, know why. I know you are, but what am I? I know why? My son. Yeah, I know. My son drove his car into the garage door, the metal garage door, and dented it. And at that time, I just didn't have money to fix it, right? I'd had somebody come out and give me an estimate, which was a crazy estimate. And I'm like, I don't have $3,000 to fix this dead garage door. A door we don't even open. It was three door. It was the third bay. Well, she came and left me a note saying I was lowering her property value because I had that dent in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. I didn't notice that dent. <laughs> you know? Well, she deserved to be a character in your book. <laughs> she did, yeah. <laughs> so the stories that you come up with now for Summer and for Darling Investigations, do you work on these with your developmental editor or did these come to you in like a vision or you know, how do you um, how did you come up with them? Usually I come up with them on my own and sometimes they have like I'm writing them and they're completely different than what I expected. So <laughs> that I got to like, sometimes got to backtrack or sometimes like I'll live with a character. Usually um, I have so much scheduled that I'll come up with a concept and then it'll be multiple months before I can get to it. So I kind of like think about the character and think about scenes. And so the character's already kind of coming alive in my head by the time I start writing. Occasionally some of them will be really quiet. Like very early on um, I had a YA sci-fi series and that character just really didn't talk to me like in my head like I tried to make her do things in scenes and it just didn't happen and I realized then when I started writing this because she was like really depressed and so like she was yeah and so um that and then it came to me as I started writing but so a lot of times I do know I just kind of like put them in scenes and see how they react and see if this is like the character that I'm looking for I mean seen a new character and I've had to change her name three times because <laughs> This is very unusual. Like her name just didn't seem to fit her. And so, and her character kind of like changed as I've written it. And so I've had to go back and, and fix her and make her more how she's become as I've written her. Cause I hadn't really got to know her yet. So yeah. That, it, it's so cool that you talk about that. I've had characters that I thought I'd have trouble with, but I'd lived with so long that when I started writing them, they just leaped off the page. And then I thought others where I thought, oh, this one's going to be so easy for me because I really identify with this character. But it took me three book drafts before I, you know, you know I was three books into the series before I felt like I knew her. Yeah, you know, it just, yeah. sometimes they are, they're elusive. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> they're stubborn. And people who are not writers don't get it and think we're completely insane when we talk like this. Like my children think I'm completely nuts. <laughs> they're used who's, who's to say? I mean, mine do too. Maybe no. they're right. <laughs> Kind of argue the point. <laughs> <laughs> they know us best, right? <laughs> so, um, how do you have a, a whole lifetime of adventures planned for for the Darling Investigation series, or is this going to be a couple of books and, and move on to a new concept, or what do you envision? Well, um, I actually have an idea for like the next couple of books for that series, but it's since I sold it to Montlake it's kind of up to them whether they want more or not. Yep. I've considered like trying to continue the series on my own, but that just never works well when someone else is in control of the first books, because like, I'm sure you do the same thing. We use the first books and manipulate the prices and put them on sale, you know, whatever, and run ads to like get promotion when we have a new release. And so I would be totally at their mercy and, you know, there's no guarantee that they're going to help with that. So, um, you know, there's always a chance they'll come and ask for more. But yeah, the book's been out since June, so I don't think that they're going to ask for more. So, which makes well, me sad. Yeah. Yeah, she's a lot of fun. Although, I'm going to tell you, the, my favorite character in that book is the slutty painter. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so if you guys haven't read it, there's this woman in this book, and I'm not going to give away plot stuff, but she appears pretty early, and she she lives in a trailer, and she anatomically correctly paints men that are in this small town that they live in. Um, yeah. Full frontal. Yeah, you know? goes in there and sees her cousin's picture, her ex-boyfriend's picture. <laughs> and they're all swearing she's never seen them, of right, course. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the mayor's etched on a glass, like <laughs> on a yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, actually my editor's idea when they're the first round. She's like, why does she drink? And so I'm like, oh, I'm gonna put the mayor on. <laughs> Go bigger, go bigger. Um, and the and of course we've got we've got good sidekick characters in. Um, yeah. in I love secondary characters. I try to write really well developed secondary characters because they mm-hmm. just enrich the story. But it tends to make my books run longer because I spend so much time on the page. Yeah, with those secondary characters. Exactly, but it also gives you fertile ground for spinoffs. Um, yeah. yeah. And like a a Neely Kate or, you know, or. Yeah, like Neely Kate because she's got her own books. And so, yeah, and readers seem to like those. So, yeah, I mean, I do. So there you go. There's one reader. Well, yeah, that's all I need to know, right? (laughs) (laughs) I I want more Summer Butler books. (laughs) Yeah. You got to figure out a way to do that. But I think the concept, the whole concept is, is genius. And, and I hope that Montlake, you know, comes around because it's really funny. The, the, the setup is alone is hilarious and it provides great fodder for an amateur sleuth, you know, and yeah. sometimes you're kind of struggling. Like, how do I, how do I really motivate my amateur sleuth to right. be as engaged in this mystery and risk everything for it? Well, here you have it. It's her career to be a fake. Because like when I was investigating private investigators, I'm like, okay, I need to find a state with the lowest amount of requirements to be a investigator. And it had Alabama. I think they've since changed the rule. But at one time, Alabama was all you had to have. 
unless you're in a major city like Birmingham. But all you had to have was a business license and you could call yourself a private investigator for le- for real. <laughs> Like that just that makes me ill because I used to be a PI in Texas. It's a long story, but um, the short version is is that I'm a lawyer and I had an investigations company doing workplace investigations under my law license, and I had to go sit for a freaking PI exam and have a PI license, which ended up pretty cool. But right. it's like ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I know who to call when I need I need to ask a question about. Yeah. I, I passed that test a long time ago, and I've I've had a lot of um, things in mugs since well, then. I'm not sure. You know, I I write a, I don't know a whole lot about police procedure. Like I know the basics, and I know I should learn. And I'm actually um, taking a criminology class at my local community yeah. college this semester <laughs> to help learn some things. Yeah, um, but I went to I had jury duty um, last. Spring, I think it was, or last fall, and they want like you have to put your profession. So I said I was an author. I have to stand up, and the the judge is like, "So what do you write?" I said, "Mystery." He goes, "Oh, so you know a lot about collecting evidence?" And I'm like, "I try to know as little as possible, which is why I write amateur sleuth." (laughs) 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 Yeah, so still like no, you know too much. So I uh, kicked me out, but. That's crazy. That's why I write small towns where they're incompetent, so I don't have to like pay that much attention. But I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna learn the ropes. Like I'm this criminology class. I'm hoping like teaches me. Like That's a super super idea. I've been thinking about going to the Writer Police Academy. Um, that I went to the very first one, and it was awesome. And I'd like to go back. I just yeah, I haven't done so. I've got it on my schedule for next year. It's my one thing I really really want to do, and. Like, you know, because I spent all my time researching this junk. I know, right? <laughs> I feel like I'm it all like organized and yeah. I'd rather maybe in my head, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we go, we'll meet in person sometime yeah. there. Um, <laughs> so now I mentioned earlier for those of you that don't know, <clears throat> Denise has written a a lot of books and B in a lot of genres. In fact, it's like multiple genre disorder, you know, like so many genres, <laughs> like personality <laughs> issue. So what all give us an overview of, of the genres and 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 you gotta tell me why you do it and what you like best. Okay. Well, you know, I started back in uh, started writing like seriously for in two thousand and nine. I had written off and on and um in 2009 um i had told myself i'd heard about nanowrimo and i said okay it's time to do it i'm like either shit or get off the pot you say you're gonna finish yeah. a book do it so i did i finished my first book it was utter crap <laughs> it was like utter crap but i finished a book and so i thought about revising it in the meantime i got another idea and that was a romantic suspense and then i got another idea for urban fantasy and so I'm like, okay, I'm going to write this one. And so I wrote it and I queried it and every, that paranormal, nobody's buying paranormal in 2010. So I'm like, okay. So then I came up with an idea for a mystery, which was 28 and a half wishes. The first Rose Garner book finished it, sent it out. Nobody wanted it because it had so many genres. It was like it had coming of age. It was mystery. It was romance. There was a little bit of magical realism in it. It was just like, nobody was interested. So then I'm like, okay. 
because I was still trying to get published, like through an agent. I was still trying to get an agent. So um, then I heard why sci-fi was a big thing. So I'm like, and my daughter was 13, wanted me to write a book she could read. So then I wrote a YA sci-fi, trying just trying to get an agent. Um, and then I got a lot of, oh, we love it, but we have a client with a similar project. <laughs> and then by this time, it's 2011. And I'm like, okay, well, now what do I do? But then I publishing and before well i'd known about it but it was vanity publishing so i'm like okay mm -hmm. i'm gonna write it to publish this on my own so and i decided to do 28 and a half wishes because nobody wanted that book i was still wanting to get an agent at that time um but then once i published it it did well i just published everything else so um i first i had uh, published um the romance mystery urban fantasy and the YA sci-fi and it was the urban fantasy that like took off it was like wow a big success yeah i know right? like, people like i'm writing urban fantasy again and people are like what and i'm like that's where i got my start <laughs> that's my root so yeah um so then i was still writing rose and then um rose then was doing really well and so then i decided to write a romantic or a rom-com series and that was actually a marketing plan to bring more readers to rose because yeah. <laughs> it was a close and a good one yeah and then that one did really well and then um I, I took my daughter to paris and came up with an idea for a while and my daughters are still like write a series that we can read so i came up with a ya romance so <laughs> I'm and then it, somewhere in there uh, just for fun I, my friend um trisha lee challenged me to write a, a new adult back in like 2013 so she and i wrote new adult books and uh, novels and um hers like just flew off the page and mine oh my god i kept texting her because she was working at the time she'd write at lunch she'd be like oh i wrote three thousand words and i was like oh my god and i was like it's all about feelings it's all these feelings <laughs> and that was the first book that hit the usa today list which is like <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh and, and, and so this is the super sexy uh, uh new adult kind of or the really really deep angsty feeling type or the both both both, <laughs> both. It's hard from both directions. And they were, and that's why I kept going, oh my God, it's all about the feelings. Cause it was like really angsty and this stuff. But I mean, I did like, I'm kind of like that sometimes when I'm in a book, like I'm sure you are. There's parts of it when you're like, oh my God, I hate this book. Like, why did I think this was a good idea? And then when you finish revising it, you're like, oh, that's not so bad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way Aftermath was. I was like in the middle of it. Cause I'm used to a mystery and I'm used to, you know, something carrying the plot other than just Yeah, you romance. feel like you're not, you feel like it's like, where's the plot? You know? Yes, yes, yes. So I did throw, and I can't help myself. I usually end up throwing some little bit of a mystery in these things. I did that with a substitute. I just couldn't help it. I, like, I felt like whatever I need to carry the plot through. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so next you're going to be writing like steampunk horror poetry. I mean, what's your next genre? <laughs> Well, you know, my advice to new writers is to not do what I did. <laughs> I do think it's a good idea to have two genres because like, well, one is doing really well. The other might not be someone really well. And so I think it's good. But that's it's harder now than it was back in the day. Like you could do it under both names. And I just recently split my um, urban fantasy off to DG Swank. Mm -hmm. So there'd be a little bit more separation. So, yeah. It, but it I love... 
I'm thinking about writing a romantic suspense series, but it's still in my wheelhouse of my mystery romance. And then I have another another mystery series that I'm probably going to launch maybe next summer. So I'm trying like deadlines got got to me this year. Like I I totally screwed up a bunch of deadlines this year just because I'm you know how it is. Like you know, I used to think writing two books a year was a lot, right? Yeah. And now I think I've written five this year. <laughs> That's you know, your brain just at some point says, no, we need a break. So I'm trying yeah. not to put deadlines on things. I'm just like, okay, this is what I have planned. And I'm like not giving it. I used to give dates. I used to have hard dates. And now I'm like, I had to cancel a book because I couldn't get it done. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to give hard dates on my Rose Garner series. And the rest for right now, it's just going to be, I hope to have it. And I'm not even doing that. <laughs> even telling when. Yeah. Because like right now, I have a deadline or like I see something with a deadline and it's like my brain just like locks up and like, Oh my God, I can't handle that right now. So sure sign that I'm in overwhelm and um, burnout and the writing and the writing suffers and that lives forever. So you got to be careful. You got, you got to take care of yourself, but you've also got to take care of your books and I won't, I won't release a crap book. So I, yeah, I knew this one book was not going to be ready in time for release and I canceled it because I'm just, I'm, that's brave. Really Good for you. Yeah. So, and I well, like my, my readers have understood. So they've been very, supportive. I was worried they'd be upset, but they've been very supportive. So, so you're, you're working on, what are you working on now? What's, what's um, next? Right now I'm writing the next Rose Gardner book. So, and that's what's your favorite? Pardon? What's your favorite thing to write? Um, well, it's usually what I'm not writing. <laughs> <laughs> Rose, it's usually Rose, and when I'm writing Rose or something else, it's uh, it's urban fantasy. I've had so much fun going back to urban fantasy because you can make the rules. Like you need you need something to blow up. You just use magic, right? You don't have to take <laughs> yeah. a criminology class. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. So it's been fun, and it's it's funny too because like you know I used to be the biggest scaredy cat like of everything, and so I'm writing about demons, and then I'm seeing and then but it's like. It's not real in my head. I was talking about reading my Piper Lancaster series, which has got demons. And they're talking about how they're reading it in bed and they're scared to get up and go to the bathroom. And I'm like, wow, I did that. <laughs> like you realize they're not real, right? <laughs> Just we're up here. Know, but, you know, at the same time, like I watch and read that stuff and it scares me, but it's my own. So I'm like, yeah, because I have well, the power to like do make them do what I want so it's like Stephen King's it the scariest thing is different to every single person you know and that it, it just you can get really creepy when you hit right where somebody's got their fears yes yeah exactly exactly so um you're working on Rose right now what's coming out next what's your next release um so that will be Rose which is in November and so um and then after that um, I'm going to write the next Piper Lancaster, which is my urban fan. And, um, so then, I've given a release to, um, and to your kids, uh, your kids don't read your Rose stuff. They read all your like YA and your urban fantasy and things like that. Yes. And I'm in the process of co-writing. So I have an, a follow-up book to one pair of summer, my YA romance, because my, um, 15 year old daughter fell in love with a secondary guy character in one pair of summer. So I told her I'd write a book for that. 
And I pitched the series, I pitched the book to Blink, and they actually wanted it, but we, in negotiations with the contract, it just kind of fell through. So I told her I'd still write it, but it's just fitting it into the schedule. So um, I've asked um, a YA author who writes indie romance um, to help me co-write the book. So we're kind of in the process. Yeah. So, um, but I, I'm the one who's dropped the ball on that because, yeah, everything else going on with the homeschool and the other kids and trying to write books and my brain locking up it's like yeah that so I'm not sure when that's going to come out so still it's fun I've never co-written a project I've done you know things that are coming out together that are complementary but I've never co-written and that, I think that would be a yeah a real kick. fun it's like how I've done it um this is my third person I've co-written with and we write every other chapter so usually it's like dual POV and yeah. so um like we'll I'll take one character and they'll take the other character and then but you have to plot it like I'm a huge pantser so it's harder for me because you have to plot it more. otherwise you're just like nobody knows where they're going right it's like a train like that, <laughs> yeah that, or that telephone game where you whisper something in someone's ear and what does it come out on the other end you know yeah so like usually we like write a chapter and then toss it back to the other person and and then back and forth and then and then lots of cleanup because you have to like look through what the other person's written and make sure you're saying the same thing, like the same set or whatever that they've used. So, yeah, sometimes it's a lot of fun. Sometimes it's a lot of work, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah. I'll have to try it someday, but you haven't talked me into it yet with that whole, there's a lot of cleanup. (laughs) I know the whole work thing, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's work. I don't like that part. (laughs) I just want to talk to my imaginary friends. Um, Susan, I've gotten to know Susan Boyer, who's also a mystery writer and, um, she writes the Liz Talbot series. And so, um, she Mm -hmm. and I are going to meet in North Carolina in November in Highland, North Carolina. And we are going to, um, write, um, kind of a two book series together. I'm going to write the first book and she's going to write the second book. And so, um, and I'm going to have some familiar characters in that, in the book I write. So yeah, (laughs) that's going to be fun. Yeah. And that sounds fun doing yeah. two separate books. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to like research Highland and, and I think she's going to use it to introduce a new series. So and it's, it's going to be fun. Yeah. So cool. So well, um, think of things so if- a little more fun and different, um, like the co-writing and then this, the series idea and just things to like give my brain a little bit of a break so that, you know, I'm sharing the burden of some of these things. Yeah. Yeah. So. Vary it up a little bit because how many books have you written? In the, I mean, it's, it's, you've been on an insane pace. It looks like. To me. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I was counting and, and I, I lost count. I don't count that high. So I think over 50, but then I have like novellas and short stories and yeah. So your brain, <laughs> your brain may explode. It's tired. <laughs> because like I've always got lots of plots in my head for future books right so it's like yeah some variation even if this is just germ of an idea it's still there so yeah okay so this is it the James Patterson of indie writers so you're you become a franchise the Denise Grover swing <laughs> franchise there you go I just need to get a lot of co-authors and then <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So um, it's not hard to find out more about Denise, guys. If you Google her, boom, you're at her website. Boom, you're at her on Amazon page or BookBub page or Goodreads page. So go out. She's got a reading list. If you haven't started on her books yet, you can dive in at the point that looks most enticing to you 
or God bless you, start at the beginning and run the table with all 50. For just about everyone. <laughs> she sure as heck does. <laughs> and she's funny. And I do love about your books that they're multi-genre, by the way. Uh, oh. I absolutely reject the idea that people don't, I mean, you're living proof, but that they don't in, embrace uh, multi-genre books. It may be harder to sell to a traditional publisher, but people out there are reading them. And, and I, I think that's great. So, well, anything else we haven't chatted about um, that you were dying to talk about this morning, Denise? I don't think so. I don't <laughs> I think we've covered it all. Um, I literally came into yeah. the Okay, let's see what happens. So I think those are the best ones. <laughs> I don't come with a, like a, I want a, an agenda. Like I'm just going to like chat. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it that way. And um, so you guys check Denise's most recent release out, Blazing Summer, but all her books and um, $1.99 right now. The first, the, yeah. uh, Deadly Summer and Blazing Summer are both $1.99 U.S. Oh, so. US yes. Oh, U.S. Okay, so awesome. For $4, you can have two <laughs> days worth of entertainment, and that is priceless. <laughs> That's right. It's less than a cup of coffee at Starbucks, right? Absolutely. In fact, you'd save so much money, you could go read at Starbucks and still have that cup of coffee, if that's what turns you on. So you can... Latte and your pumpkin scone. And <laughs> I'm sorry, anybody that's watching that I'm likes not, the pumpkin, I'm not a pumpkin spice latte person. I'm not either. I'm not either. In fact, <laughs> the one I've been drinking is is pure black, pure black coffee. Um, but Denise, this has been a ton of fun. You're every bit as delightful as I'd heard you were or are, not were, you're still with us, are. <laughs> I was up until the pumpkin spice debacle. In my <laughs> I also I'd be I'd be shot by writers everywhere if I didn't mention Denise is a wonderful friend to writers and uh, that she's uh, devoted a lot of your time and energy to helping other people. Right. And I really appreciate it. And I know everybody else does too. No, thank you. Thank you. So you've made a difference. <laughs> and so for um, this episode of Wine, Women, and Writing, we're going to cut it off. But um, I do have to mention, otherwise I'll get kicked off of um, the air and the, the Authors on the Air Global ne Network, that this is a copyrighted production of Authors on the Air Global Network, solely owned thereby. And I'll be back in two weeks with Jill Shelvis. And be sure and catch uh, the last few episodes. By the way, Denise, this has been my big mystery month. I don't always do mysteries, but I've had um, uh, th uh, Robert Dagoni, Craig Johnson, and you on in the last um, four weeks. And I looked at it this morning and I'm like, we are well represented in the top 100 mystery writers on Amazon right now. That's, yeah, that's awesome. So <laughs> It's very awesome. And, but we're switching genres and we'll move to a more romantical um, with Jill Shalvis. So until then, um, but you know drinking what? whatever gets you. Over there too. I have my romantic comedy effects. <laughs> so so you're, like, the, you're my segue point. You're my. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you welcome. <laughs> I kind of don't want to get off the phone. We're going to extend this to all day. I'm just kidding. Yeah, but I thank know. you. I'm sorry. I keep talking. I'll be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
it's like, but we have to ride after this, so let's just yeah. go. <laughs> but I do appreciate everybody out there. And Denise, you keep kicking ass and writing those books. And I promise we'll keep reading them. Okay, thank you. All right, you take care. Okay, you too. Bye.